God. I'm glad you guys were able to tune in. If you like FCC, click like and subscribe. Follow us on Facebook. And I want to challenge you to uh, send this to somebody. Also, this is fertile ground here. Consider planting a seed. Visit us at uh, our Facebook page, FCC. God bless. You may be seated. Look at your neighbor and tell them God is good. Look at your other neighbor and says, ain't he? Ain't he though? We, we got to confirm it sometimes. We got to encourage one another. Because sometimes it don't feel like it, but it doesn't change that it is. I'm excited about today's message. We've been following and doing the Blessed Life series. Number one, it was, it's all about the heart. Number two, what test? Life sometimes is a test. The Lord is testing our faithfulness. You know, uh, before you can uh, enter certain areas of expertise and, and uh, careers, you've got to test to show yourself approved. The Lord, before he can bless you with much, he's going to test you with a little. Last week, we had the principle of first. This is something that I, if I could drive this home, man, I think we'd all just have a very good, uh, successful life with the Lord. And that is this. God's first, no matter what. You may not treat him that way, but he is. Now, Lord means absolute ruler. Now, here's something I, it's going gonna, it's gonna to get some of you. But look at me. I love you, so I'm going to tell you the truth. Either he's Lord of all or he's not Lord at all. You can't say he's your Lord and you're not giving him every area of your life. I'm not to say that there's not challenges or struggles from time to time and you got to keep giving stuff to him. Amen, right? Oh, I'm the only one who deals with that. Let me talk to this side over here real quick. Either he's Lord of every aspect of your life or he's not Lord at all. See, he can't just be your savior, like a ticket to heaven. But does he have your finances? Does he have your education? Does he have your love life that maybe you shouldn't have? Does he have your attention? Does the, does the, does the TV get more of you than the Lord does in your private time and your Bible reading and your meditation? Isn't it about time that we binge watch some Jesus with the word of God? It's a different perspective, right? Either he's Lord of all or not Lord at all. We should decide our careers. Lord, what do you want me to do? Not what pays the most because you're my provider, Lord. I want you to pave the way. So today we're talking about one that's near and dear to my heart. It is breaking the spirit of mammon. Mm. If you've ever grown up in a situation where there was lack, there wasn't quite enough sometimes, and a lot of people can relate to that, and nothing, that's nothing bad against those who grew up in a, a well-to-do household. Praise God for that. But what I want to talk about is breaking the spirit of mammon. And, and this opening verse right here, it's in Luke chapter 6, and we're gonna, it's 9 through 13, and I'm going to go through some of this right now. And this is red letters. Jesus is speaking. He's teaching a lesson to his disciples. And I'm going to go over this verse, and then we're going to break this down. And I say unto you, make yourselves friends of the mammon of unrighteousness, that when ye fail, 
you may receive unto yourself everlasting habitation. That he that is faithful in that which is faith also in much. Bear with me, this is King James. I don't, I don't like necessarily like preaching, but it's the original language. Closest uh, interpretation. And he that is unjust in least is unjust in much. Therefore, ye have not been fruitful in the unrighteous mammon, who will commit to your trust true riches. If you're not faithful with the unrighteous, how are you going to be faithful with the righteous? It goes on to say, and if you have not been faithful in that which is another man's, who shall give you what is your own? Meaning God gave you the 100%, and he says, I only want 10. That's mine. I've reserved it for me. If you're not faithful with his, how can you be faithful? That's his possession. The 10 is his. It goes on. No servant, not one, no one can serve two masters. Either he'll hate one and love the other, or else he will hold to one and despise the other. You cannot, ye cannot serve God and mammon. You can't have it both ways. You can't have your cake and eat it too. You can't live like the devil on the weekend and then come Sunday morning, you're going to try to get your praise on. It doesn't work that way. I know I tried. Then your prayers hit the ceiling. You get frustrated. I pray. I've been seeking the Lord. Come on now. Let's have a reality check. Have you been living for the Lord. It's a different thing. It's not just a sinner's prayer. It's not just a, I got my ticket to heaven. I got salvation. Here I go. And you live like the world. It doesn't work that way. This is what it's telling us. We, in order for us to go any further, I got to just put on my teacher's hat just for a moment. And what is mammon? What does this mean? What are you talking about, pastor? And in the verse, it looks like he's talking about money, Right? But there's more than just money that he's talking about. And, and let me break it down just for a minute. That word in the original language is an Aramaic word that means riches. The word for riches. But I believe Jesus was doing more than that. There's a history here. He's talking to a group of folks who knows what it's talking about. Because the Syrians in that region, they worshipped a god called Mammon. The god of riches. And they felt if they worshipped this god, that they would get riches in return by being faithful to this god. Oh, that's a dangerous thing. See, today we don't call it a Syrian God called Mammon, but sometimes we'll put our work before God. We'll go, we'll go do our job and let it draw us away from Christian fellowship. We'll, we'll, we'll put our sports and athletics before church and before fellowship. You don't know how many prayer requests over the years, because I've done children's church, youth group, uh, young adults, and, and, and parents come crying to me because their kids aren't serving the Lord. I was like, but you made sports their God. You were more faithful to practices and training camps and equipment, and you're giving to their, their sports dues and their athleticisms and all that stuff than you were bringing them to the house of God. 
You brought them up in sports, but did you bring them up in Jesus? Where are your efforts? That's where your God is. Listen to me. The spirit of mammon says, you don't need God. If you have money, I'll give you significance. People will listen to you if you have money. You can buy happiness. You can buy some peace of mind if you just have a little bit more money. If you got some more money in your pocket, you can solve the problems that you have. Many of us grew up looking to mammon and didn't even realize it. Instead of looking to God. There's a prosperity message out there that says, if you, if you give, you'll receive. If you give, you'll receive. Now, the problem with that prosperity message is it works back into your heart, greed and selfishness. I'm going to prove that to you here in just a minute. Have you ever made this statement? I either need God to come through or someone to give me some money. You had a bill, a foreclosure, a repossession, the lights are about to get cut off, and you're, you're praying, but in the back of your mind saying, I either need God or money. Let me, that's where we are experiencing influence from mammon. The spirit of, and I'm going to talk about that in here in just a second. Because either you're going to get... You're going to serve one or the other. Here's the secret. I'm going to give you a secret. Spoiler alert. You only need God. See, the problem with the prosperity message is if, you, uh, if you're looking to get because you gave, when something goes wrong, you're going to be upset with God. I gave. Why is my car broke? I gave to you. Whoa, 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 stop, one. You didn't give me anything. You returned unto me what is mine, says the Lord. You, we can't buy God's affection. He already loves you. He already loves you. This is a relationship. I don't pay my wife for her love. She already loves me. We have a relationship, and I got to work to maintain that with her. God's the same way. He's a relational God. Mammon is a false God that wants to rule your life through promises he cannot deliver on. He can't give you significance. You think if you had more money, more people are going to listen to you. You're going to seem highfalutin and people are going to pay attention to you. It's temporary. What happened to the, the prodigal son? When he had money, he had friends. But when his money ran out, so did his friends. Money can't buy you joy. Look at all the celebrities and actors and, and all these people who made it high up. And, and people, we even know some of their names. And their, 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 their lives are crazy. It's chaos. Their relationships are chaotic. Many of them have died or committed suicide because they got a God-shaped hole that they never found. They try to replace it with drugs and sex and fame and fortune and influence and all these things. The fast car can't can't fill that God hole. That, that, that hot-looking person can't fill that, that God hole. That, that prestige that you think you want, that, that leadership role you think you want, none of that can shape, fill that God-shaped void that's in your life. Only God can do that. See, mammon promises that stuff. We think that, but know that where are those voices coming from? 
who is talking to us when we have those thoughts and ideas in our head. So that further demonstrates that we're not just talking about money itself. Mammon is a spirit that rests on the money. Only God can give us those things. As a matter of fact, I would dare say that mammon is the spirit of Antichrist. Why? He wants to take the place of. He wants to tell you if you have money, you can be joyful or happy. It, it might buy you temporary joy or temporary happiness, but every no, everybody knows once you drive that new car after a couple weeks, and you get the next bill, or you got to change the oil or whatever the case is, those things lose their luster, lose the shine, the glitter, the glamour. The, you know, that person's only going to be hot for so long, then gravity and age are going to take effect. You know what I'm saying? I'm just, can I, I'm just being real with you. Is that all right? I know it's kind of funny, but it's true. Because if that's what you're going after, that's only temporary. Mammon, that spirit will talk to you. That's how we know it's a spirit. It'll talk to you. Those voices in your head. You hear it every Sunday when it's time to take up an offering. You heard me say it before. You, 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 when it's time, when someone's trying to give up, a, 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 take up a collection and, and take up a, a tithe and offering, your, your, your mind starts, you hear voices. Oh, I got some bills to pay. I, I, would, I would go uh, get one of those envelopes, but I need to get my own envelopes for people to fill up. All right? Oh, I got a few things and bills of my own that I need to take care of. Right? These voices... Money can't talk, but you're hearing voices. That's the spirit of mammon. That's the spirit who's trying to come in and trying to influence you and, and, and get in your mind and get in your way. So we know that mammon is a, is a, a, a Syrian god from before, but it's the spirituality of it that is what we're dealing with, what we're talking about. We've all been influenced. We've got to recognize those voices and deal with it as we go. And this is how I can prove that mammon is the spirit of Antichrist. Not only does it want to replace who God is in your life, but look at, in, we, we read the end of the book. We read about the Antichrist. He doesn't threaten with nuclear war. He threatens with, you will not be able to buy or sell unless you take the mark. That might be a little more advanced uh, for some of you. If you've read some Revelation in there, it says that one day there's going to be someone who comes on the scene that's going to be very handsome, very charming. He's going to bring peace, and he's going to say, listen, what we've got to do is all be on the same page, and I want you to take a mark on your hand or your forehead, and that way we'll know it's a good idea. No one can steal your money. It'll have all your identity. It's a good thing. You don't have to carry a wallet or a checkbook or a credit card. It's all right there. But before you do that, I just need you to say that there is no God. See, he doesn't threaten with, I'm going to blow you up or I'm going to kill you necessarily. He threatens, you won't be able to provide. You won't be able to buy or sell. Now, that's a lesson for another day. There's a lot to that. But today, I just want to give the example. That's how mammon works. Because Jesus said that where your treasure is, your heart is also. 
And so many will be scared and panicked. Oh, I won't be able to feed my baby. I won't be able to do this. I won't be able to do that. How am I going to live? And they're looking. Look at, look at that panic. Some of you can even sense it now as I tell the story. How am I going to buy a formula for a baby? How am I going to feed my kids? I got to do this. No, you don't. Who's your provider? Who turned the two fishes and five loaves to feed 5,000? Who sent the manna from heaven? Who sent the quail? Who produced water from a rock? See, do you see the lie of the enemy? Do you see how you can get panic? Oh, I need it, Pastor. I need it. No, 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 no. Ooh, slow down. What you need is a right relationship with Jesus Christ. You need faithfulness with him, and he has faithfulness with you. And when you call upon him, you might have an empty plate, or you might have one grain of rice, and he makes it 12 baskets full of leftovers for you and your family. That's what I'm talking about. That's the relationship we got to have. And see, even now, I can, you know, people get, oh, pastor, you just don't know. Listen, man, you don't know my story. You don't know where I've been. Don't just chill out. What I'm saying is have a right relationship with Jesus Christ because money Buying and selling of things, that, that's not the answer. You might, it might look like a big problem. Believe me, I know. But it's not a problem if money can take care of it. If money can take care of it, it's not a problem. You've got a financial situation on your hands for sure, but it's not a problem. Your unsaved loved one who's living a risky life, if they die tonight and they're going to go to hell, that's a problem. But guess what? God can solve those issues. God can solve those things. He can give you wisdom. He can do that. You don't have a problem that can be solved by money. And if you've got a problem that can't be solved by money, God can fix that problem. So here's the other thing. We know that mammon is a spirit that we're dealing with. I'm going to break that more. I'll break it down even more on Wednesday night. I encourage you to come, and I can get to the nitty-gritty of that. There's some other, because spirits run in packs. They like to jump you. They don't fight fair. It's not one-on-one. They're, they're going to gang up on you, and I'm going to break that down. But here's the other thing. Is money evil? Is money bad? Here's a scripture in 1 Timothy uh, 6.10. It says, For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Some people are eager for money and have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. See, when you run after money more than you're running after God, you're always going to be running after money. Even those who have a lot of money are fretting on how to keep it. Because everybody's got the handout. Everybody's trying to get it. Tax man, tax man's trying to get it. The charity's trying to get it. The people down the street, your family's trying to get it. Everybody, what's, that, what's the old saying go? More money, more it's true. At one time, there was eight, ten men in the room. This is back in the days of Rockefeller and, and those uh, big uh, Carnegie and those big titans. They, they had more money. These ten men had more money than all the world put together. But most of them, all but two, I think, died broke. Money is fleeting. It's temporary. Do we need it? Absolutely. But there's principles to live by. Money is neutral. It's the spirit that rests on it. All right, let me explain another way. 
there's a hot topic right now that you hear in the world, and every time something goes on, you'll hear it. Gun debate. Oh, all those bad, evil guns. Okay. Well, I like to hunt. I have a hunting gun that doesn't leave the closet until I go get it. And usually it stays there till November, and then I get it. I, hopefully I'm successful and I get a deer, and then I... Hopefully I clean it, and then I put it back. Did that gun do anything wrong? It's the person that has it, right? Now, the spirit of the person, the moralities of the person. Because if it's not a gun, then it's a club. If it's not a club, it's a knife. If it's not a knife, it's a car that someone runs over. You see, it does, you're, you're missing the point. It's, just, it's the morality. The morality which is driven by the spirit of the person. And we didn't start seeing all this craziness until we start seeing prayer out of school, Bible out of school. We start seeing the Ten Commandments out of school. We start seeing the Pledge of Allegiance out of school. Honor and respect is lost in the school. They don't respect the teachers anymore. They don't honor them the way they used to. Sometimes the little ones still do because it's an adult, but you get in the high school level, my wife's a sub in the, in the school system right now, and she says, hey, there's some schools and some classes I will not go. They're that disrespectful. Where's honor gone? It's about the spirit of the person, right? So here's the thing. How do you make your unrighteous money righteous? We learned this last week. By giving the first 10% to God. If the first fruits are holy... The, the rest become holy. It's the redemption process. And here's the thing. I'd rather have a good spirit on my money than the spirit of mammon on my money. All right? So here's the question. What spirit is on your money in your bank account? I'm covering my eyes because sometimes people say, well, pastor, you're looking at me while you're preaching. No, I'm not. <laughs> right? What you feel is the conviction of the Holy Spirit, if you think I'm eyeballing you, I'm not. The, the fact of the matter is, what, what spirit is on your money? And that, that determines if it's blessed or not. And the way you redeem it is by giving the first 10% to God. You redeem it according to those, uh, that lesson, the principle of first that we had last week. You can go back and look at that if you want to look at the tapes. But by giving that first fruit to God, which he says is his, then the rest becomes righteous mammon. And this is what we got to do. So there's three questions. What is mammon? I already explained that. It's a spirit. Uh, second question is, is money evil? No, it's neutral. It's either what spirit does it have on it. Something's resting on it. Either you redeem it for righteousness or you leave it the same and it has the influence of mammon. So now the third question is, what should I do with my money? In this passage we see in Luke 16, 9, and I say unto you, make yourselves friends of mammon, of unrighteousness, that, ye, that when ye fail, you may receive ever lasting habitation. So this verse confused me in the beginning. Uh, you read this, this parable that Jesus is teaching, and it shows this shafty guy who uh, is uh, stealing from his boss, and he's wheeling and dealing with vendors and people on the side, so that when he loses his job, they'll be friendly. That's not the message. Here's the message. 
One, the mammon is unrighteous. It needs to be redeemed. Your money needs to be redeemed by giving the first 10%. Secondly, what do you do with your money? It says, store unto yourselves or make friends. Here's how heaven works. When we get to heaven, there's going to be a greeting party. People are going to be there to welcome us. Loved ones, friends and families, and those that you helped bring to the Lord. So that's storing up treasures in heaven. That's called true riches. So let me ask you, who have you helped bring to the Lord? This is how you do it. Say you supported a missionary. And that missionary went to uh, the mission field, and let's just pick any place, uh, let's say Peru. And they gave the message, and someone gave their life in Peru. When you get to heaven, that person is going to come and thank you because you were one of 50 people who supported the missionary. Here's another one. Say you grab an envelope. You support a child going to Winterfest. When they're at Winterfest... They've received the gospel. Their life has changed forever. They live for the Lord. They make it to heaven. You help make that happen. When you go on into eternal habitation to heaven, they're going to be there. They're going to be one of the friends that this scripture is talking about that receive you. So my encouragement to you is make yourself an awesome, big, welcoming party in heaven. You use your funds not to advance yourself as much as you would to advance the kingdom of God. See, it's all his. We're just stewards. The bottom line, be a good steward. Be a good steward. You see a need and you feel the Holy Spirit prompting you, help the need. Be a good steward. Don't be frivolous with it, right? That's another day, another time. I mean, listen, how many pair of shoes you really need? Does your car really need a new set of rims? When for that price, you could send a missionary to go witness, right? For that price, you could pay for a kid to go to camp. The price of them new sneakers. That new, that new purse. That new hunting item, Pastor Felix. I'm preaching it myself, too. I'm preaching to myself, too, because it's an it's, it's a, it's a ongoing thing. Until we run the race with perseverance marked out for us, we, we fight the good fight, Paul says, meaning it's, it's a match. It's a, it's, a, it's a contentious thing until we get there. The goal is to finish strong. Amen? So here's what it's saying. Store up true riches in heaven. Build a welcoming party for yourself. And here's an interesting verse that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sum it up with this verse in this story. And if you've not been faithful, which is another man's, who will give you which is your own? If you're not faithful with a little bit, you're not going to have much. Some of you are saying right now, Pastor Felix, you know, this unrighteous mammon that you're saying I need to redeem, I don't even have that. So I'm not really paying attention. You're talking about money. I don't really have a lot of money. So, and I, I really, you know, I'm just waiting for you to get done right now because I don't got a lot of money. I get it. If that's your attitude, you're never going to have a lot of money. Because unless you learn the principles to live by, when you do get a little bit, you're going to fumble it and you're going to lose it. When that's your attitude and you're not learning the wisdom that will make you successful in life, 
that is God principles listed in the word, then when you do get it, you're not going to be able to hang on to it. And it's going to be a cycle. And how many have seen cycles of poverty in families? I've seen families, third, fourth, fifth generation welfare recipients. Who's going to break the cycle? Who's going to break it? The opportunities are there. Will it be hard? Absolutely. Will you be hated on? Sometimes. No one said it was going to be easy. But you can do it with God's help. All things are possible for them that believe. Is God a liar? So if you believe, is it possible? You see what I'm saying? You see how we're breaking this down? Let me give you an example. And I'm end with this. We got this couple in the front row here, Jeremiah and Janae. I don't mean to pick on them, but I'm going to. Janae is my only daughter. I got three boys, one girl. My, li- my baby girl, baby girl Nene. That's how she's listed in my phone. So I'm on a hunting trip. I'm in the middle of the woods. We're, we're discussing strategy. Where are the deer coming through? And we've got to put some bait out there. Okay. And, and then Jeremiah had already got a deer. And he's like, hey, pastor, you can have my spot. I'm like, oh, great. Thanks. So we're out there baiting it. He goes, wow, I have you out here. I'd like to talk to you. Okay. I thought he was just being nice, giving me a spot. Well, he was. He says, I, I like your daughter. So, okay. What does that mean? And he just, <laughs> um, I want to get a knower some more. I was like, okay. So then I began to give him some directives as a Christian father. And Christian fathers, if you have young daughters, you got you to gotta hear me out real quick. I gave him some things. I said, I want you to write down for me, think about it, pray about it, and what does dating mean to you? Because in the Christian faith, dating means something different. It's a selection process of this is, is this a potential mate or not. If you say not, then you're messing with someone else's mate. You need to back off. You can be friends. You can hang out. What does that look like? So I, I, I gave him some directions, and he went away. And a few weeks later, he came back. He says, hey, I'm ready to uh, read to you what I thought and put down. So we went to Panera Bread, and he sat across from me, and he was nervous, and he had his sheet of paper. And he's reading what he believed that dating was and what it meant in the Christian faith. Why was that important? Because if he's not going to honor me as her father, he's not going to honor her. Secondly, I would pray over the tithe envelopes that came in, and I knew whether or not he was a tither. Why is that important? Malachi 3 tells us that if you take from the tithe, you are a what? A thief. Why am I going to give my blessing to a young man who's a thief to be with my daughter? My only daughter. Am I going to give her to a thief? A robber? If he can't handle the principles of God, how is he going to handle the principles of life with my one and only daughter? So I did. Did I put him through the ringer? A little bit. 
but it proved him out to have honor and respect for me, honor and respect for her. And as her father, I'm still, you know, I gave over responsibility to, for him to now be the head of the house, to love, honor, and cherish her, to be the protector, to provider, to be the prophet, priest, and king of that house. Now, he's a young man. He's, some of those things we're still working on, he's developing. But as he grows and keeps seeking the Lord, those things will come along. Will there be hiccups? Yep. Does it mean everything's going to be perfect? Nope. If you've ever been married, you know there's, there's the walk that you go through. But here's the thing. God gave his one and only son for you and I. That was his tithe. He redeemed us by that. That's why this is so important. It says that we give the tithe here on earth, but, the, but Christ receives it in heaven. Tithe isn't just about the money. It's about the heart. And Satan's out there to try to convince your heart to do differently. I just want you to be aware of that so you can navigate this road carefully. Amen? I'm not after your money. Me, Pastor Felix, I'm not after your money. If there's blessing in being faithful and I want you to be blessed, shouldn't I, as your pastor, teach you that? That's all I'm trying to do. I want you to live a blessed life. That's what this series is called. A blessed life. And there's principles of success. Like Stephen Covey wrote a book, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. You should read it. You want to be effective or successful? What do successful people do? All right? So in the word, what does God say to do to be successful? That's what we're teaching you here today. Amen? Amen.